0: Welcome to Migration Stories, a project of the Kansas African Studies Center that gathers stories about the experiences of immigration for Africans who live in the Midwest. Today, a KU film major shares a story many of us are probably familiar with, of growing up and gaining responsibility. Her story, however, is a little bit different. At the age of 12, she got to drink from a ceremonial cup. We
1: visited Cameroon. Like, saw the gravesite and everything and then my dad told me like what my grandfather said and then like i went through this like ceremony and like i wore this like a robe thing and i like drank from this cup thing it was, like, it sounds really creepy but it was it was great no it was, cool. it was uh, like i like drank from this like cup thing and they like prayed and they're like you're gonna be great and i'm like i don't know what's happening
0: let's back up a second so i can explain what's going on here our interviewee today is a first generation american she grew up in Springfield, Missouri, and both of her parents are from Cameroon.
1: So when my oldest sister was one years old, I want to say, I want to say nineteen ninety three. I think that's when they moved over with her. They knew they were gonna have children, mm-hmm. and they had a child, and they really wanted us to have like the option to do what we wanted to do with our lives in like terms of occupation, and they thought like in America there's a lot more like freedom to do so in such a, like colleges and stuff. Um, so they, they thought it would be good to be here to experience those, like having, having the freedom to choose what you want to do. My dad, he was in Cameroon, he passed this math test and it was national math test and he got like the highest score. So the government was like, oh, you're smart we're gonna send you to Germany and pay for your college. So he went to Germany for free because he was like crazy good at math. Cameroonian parents, at least my Cameroonian parents and many of the friends that I know who also have Cameroonian parents, what they say, and what we experience is that they're very strict in comparison to American parents. And that's definitely winded down over the years because they've assimilated more to American culture and they've kind of been like, okay, I guess this isn't a big deal. at the beginning it was just like a lot of like you can't do this and you can't do that and like because just i guess like the unfamiliarity and their own culture from um back home back home there is definitely a presence for country doctors what they would call it for like voodoo and Mm -hmm. um witchcraft and so my parents were because we're a religious family they're like no witchcraft not a thing we do and so when we are here and we're kids and we're watching shows and we're watching movies and there's like magic in it. They like freak out and they're just like, you can't watch Dragon Tales because the dragon is the beast and that is in Revelations. And I'm like, Mom, but we watched it anyways. But we just didn't watch it when they were there. And so I would like I just like wasn't allowed to watch like a lot of random shows that like they just would freak out about being like a bad spirits behind them and. Um, I remember, like, even, we weren't allowed to watch Lily McGuire for some reason. I don't know <laughs> why. They just said, I think they said, the siblings fought too much.
0: Wow. And,
1: so, and the same for Arthur. We weren't allowed to watch Arthur. I would watch it anyways, but it was because DW and Arthur fought too much. And they're like, this is why you guys are fighting. It's influencing you. <laughs> and we'd be like, no.
0: Post-script notice here, she wanted me to make it clear that Although she sometimes makes fun of her parents' rules, she does understand their viewpoint, and she appreciates the conscientiousness that her parents instilled in her with regards to media and religion. She is, in general, grateful for the aspects of Cameroonian culture she had in her childhood.
1: There's some African food that I'm not into, and there's some super good, and, like, I miss it, and, like, I've been in KU for six weeks, and I'm already like, Mom, send me plantains. Like, I'm just like, please. But, um... Because of, we didn't have American food at home, I would always eat American food at like, lunch because I was like, oh, American food is so cool. Ah, I want that because we never eat it. And then there were a few times where I would bring like some African food to school and I had not brought it ever before. And I think that was like my, probably my freshman year in high school. I don't think I'd ever brought African food to school before until that moment. And, and I got like so many comments on it, <laughs> like about, the way it looked and about the way it smelled, and I was just like, oh no! <laughs> like I like freaked out immediately. Like it was just like a. Some of my friends they kind of caught on that I was freaking out about it, and they would try to be nice about it. I like almost sat in the corner eating lunch one day, and they're like, no, come <laughs> sit at the table. And so they would be like, don't mention the food. But then like this one kid <laughs> would be like, uh, that looks so gross. But he wasn't even trying to be mean. Like he was joking, but I still took it sensitively. Yeah. That's like just I don't know. I think people should be feel free to dislike something if they dislike it. But it just like sucked in that moment to like be eating this food that like is heavily attached to my culture that my mom makes that I love and then like people are saying, like, Whoa, that like looks kinda gross. That doesn't smell that great.
0: Growing up, her maternal grandmother was in the house with her family, but she didn't get to meet her paternal grandparents until two thousand eleven, when she was about eleven years old.
1: They came a summer. We didn't know them at all but they were like just excited to see us and then like, we were like we have no idea who you are we had like no connection we didn't talk that much and then like they went back and my grandpa died and thinking back i'm like wow but they were always really happy to see us and they like brought us these african clothes and um and the result of that trip was that our grandfather um before he died like so he visited and he analyzed all of our characters And then before he died, he decided that I was supposed to be the family leader. (laughs) And I don't know why, but he was like good spirit. And so I'm the family leader now. (laughs) So that's how that panned out.
0: As of recording, it's been a little over six years since the ceremony. I was really curious to know how having this responsibility affected her.
1: The leadership itself has not really affected anything. I haven't really addressed that, um, other than just asking what that is gonna what's gonna happen. And then I just told my dad I don't want to do it, and he just kind of laughed, like, huh, you'll do it. Like, <laughs> not to laugh. if I am gonna be a provider, I need to like have you know consistent source of income and like an established occupation, things like that. And I just don't know how that's gonna mix.
0: How does that pressure affect you? Well.
1: Usually it doesn't, because usually I ignore it, but when I think about it, I just am like, huh, that's going to be rough, and then I ignore it even more. So I guess you could say it does negatively affect me in that way. I just don't want to disappoint my family. I don't think, I'm not upset about my family being angry. I'm upset, I just don't want to lose my culture. I don't want to let them down. In my everyday life, I'm not typically thinking of humor, so I think... On impulse, I would think that zooming into wherever I'm at, which is extremely selfish and not great. I wish that it was, like, also Cameron some days. I think I need more influence in Cameron. But I just, I was never, I, I was there once in my life for short periods of time. And I think, I think it's expanding more. It's like, it's like, I think when I was younger, I was definitely just, like, America. And then, like, now it's, like, the camera is zooming out more. So, yeah. more and more, it's like I'm starting to see more of the bigger picture of like also Cameron and America together. But I think in my everyday life, I like don't think enough about Cameron. And I want to be more connected.
0: The music was Arid Foothills by Kevin McLeod and was licensed through Creative Commons. His music can be found on Incompetech.com. This has been a production of Cask, the Kansas African Studies Center at the University of Kansas. I'm Cayman Simmons. If you are interested in sharing your story or learning more about the Migration Stories project, visit migrationstories.ku.edu.